Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. Here we go. All right, guys, welcome back from a long hiatus to another edition of Talking Two-Tone. Uh, this is officially our third third year, third calendar year going into this. Uh, my name is Asherati. I'm joined by Tyler Whipple, the best in the biz. Um, we're just going to jump right on into this thing, man. Uh, we're going to talk about today. We've got a we've got a list. Let me tell you, 2024 has rocked me to my freaking core. So much to the point now. Well, I'm going to have to start showing a little bit of skin to sell this podcast. Um, but you know what? I'm having freaking fun, man. I am living life. I'm loving it. There's a lot of chaos, and I'm a freaking agent of chaos, man. Starting with the Jaguars game. Oh, boy. What a bunch of sweet, poetic justice, man. Last year, winning your in, winner of the game wins the division, goes on, hosting a playoff game, playing in Jacksonville. Josh Dobbs didn't fumble, but they said he fumbled, <laughs> even though it wasn't a fumble. They called it a fumble, so we lost the game. And then the Jaguars come sleepwalking into Nashville thinking, oh, here we go, little, little mini Tennessee Titans. But they didn't understand that the mayor – of freaking Duval County. The entire county is Derek Henry. And he put on a freaking performance. Tennessee did everything they possibly could to try to lose the game. And Derek said, no. No. In typical let, fashion. Let the Jaguars watch. Yeah, I mean, if if that was the send-off for the King, you know, I, I know we're we'll getting that later, but that what a what a wonderful, you know, throwback that was against the Jags. You know, the normal the, Derrick Henry has his one big game a year against the Jags and he usually kills the Texans. You know, it kind of didn't happen this year, but uh it was nice to see a good throwback game with, with the King and Todd J. Spears and, and the cup and the offense looked, you know, they kind of looked like they actually knew how to score points for once this season. Um uh see Tannehill one last time too was kind of nice. I know a lot of people aren't giving that. I'm more high on Tannehill than a lot of Titans fans are. Um, I'm glad to see him go out and win and uh, take him down to the division foe one more time. We also didn't uh, get that record that we didn't want the first time going defeated in division and franchise history, I believe. At least it's within the Tennessee Titans. So that that was something we got to avoid, too. Um, and putting taking a team in division out of the playoffs is always a great thing. Uh, and also, it didn't affect our draft stock at all. They stayed in the same position at seven, win or lose there. So it was it was a win-win in the circumstances. So uh, I really enjoyed the game, and uh, it sucks that we got to wait, what, 280 more days now for the next game. So You know what? They just start rolling together after a while, let me tell you, though. But another big freaking bombshell in my life you know i've had some bombshells in my personal life and now also in my tennessee titans life and also my alumni life and pretty much all of 2024 has been a bunch of bombshells right but it's all right it's gonna be all right now i'm gonna preface this on 
you know, going into the next subject here of Mike Vrabel being fired by the Tennessee Titans. Um, look, I like Vrabel. I'm a big Vrabel guy. The players like Vrabel. You know, he's going to go somewhere and be successful for sure. I think this was the right move for the direction of the franchise. And I say this out of my pure and absolute hatred for the offensive output this team has shown over the last two seasons. I know we scored some points against Jacksonville, guys, and we started off really hot. And then as the game progressed, it started to get a, a little bit mucky, you know. In the third quarter, we scored in the opening possession of the game of the third third quarter. Didn't score the rest of the second half. We almost blew the game. You cannot leave your defense on the field for that long. You cannot and expect to win games. But Mike Vrabel being fired, I think, is a good thing because in turn, I think that means Tim Kelly will be fired, which is awesome. And I think that um, this team now can kind of. It's either going to be really, really bad or it's going to be really, really good because Tennessee has put themselves in a position to where they can catapult this process. They've got salary cap advantages. They've got draft pick advantages. They've got a franchise quarterback potentially playing. They've got um, a, they've got a lot of stuff to look forward to. They've got D hop there. If you decide to go wide receiver route to where you can mentor, you know, there's a lot of good stuff there, but they have to get this right. And I think that Vrabel's inability to fire or make adjustments to his staff outside of the player, people in the building led to his downfall. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I agree with it. Agree with the firing based off merit. Um, I think he's. I think he's been pretty good for the Titans. I mean, everybody's over. I think. I think we're overselling Mike Rabel a little bit on in the grand scheme of the NFL and the coaching tiers. The guy only went uh, fifty four and forty five with the Titans. Um, if it wasn't for Ryan Tannehill, he may have been fired his second or third season. If 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 we're being honest, because we were two yeah. we were two and five, I believe when or two and four when he came in when from Mario Mario. Mario. and yep. after that. And people don't give Tannehill the credit for that. Go, go, I go back to that again. Um, he started that magical two and a half year run that he had, the best two years in his career. And if you take that, if you take away that run when Ryan Tannehill was playing at the top of his game with Arthur Smith, Mike Vrabel hasn't had that successful of a, a, a tenure with the Titans. You know, and I know you have to take the good with the bad, but it averages out that he's a pretty mediocre coach. If you look at the records and the numbers, especially especially if you t- so if you took out Mike Vrabel's best season and his worst season, he would average out to about a nine and seven uh, or nine and eight head coach. And, and we fired Jeff Fisher for that. Exactly, and I don't think anybody in this fan base is wants nine and eight every year. We've we've been nine and eight every year to death, and we're I'm just kind of tired of that anyway. I would rather be really bad than mediocre, and I and I know that's bad to say. Because I like this to be competitive, and everybody wants to be competitive and win. Like, I wanted to win the Jaguars game, regardless of the circumstances. But if you look at it, um, if you're if you're bad, look at the Browns right now. The Browns were bad for so long. The Lions, they were bad. They built those rosters through the draft. And, you know, they kind of sold themselves. That, you know, we're going to – like the, the, the Lions, they leveraged their whole future 
uh, with when they traded Matt Stafford and they got so much draft capital. And now look at the position they're in now. They knew they were going to suck for a couple of years. And I don't think the Titans have ever really embraced that other than when they were just terrible at the top of the organization at, at that time. And they were just bad in general. So that's something I think should be said uh, with Mike Vrabel. I think it's overstated. Now, and another thing that I can't prove, and I don't think anybody knows except for the, the people in the organization for real, um, the timing with Mike Vrabel getting the ring of honor with the Patriots, mm-hmm. um, and then Bill, Bill, and what, two days later, Bill Belichick is fired after Mike Vrabel announces he's getting fired or not getting announced, but the announcement came out. I feel like they had to meet, and Vrabel said, look, if you don't trade me, I'm probably going to force myself out of here because I want that Patriots job. And I think that's what this boils down to. I honestly do. And I think Amy Adams just got out in front of it and uh, wanted to go ahead and get the best coach on the in the carousel here uh, because I think the Titans is a pretty good job. But that, if, if I were a conspiracy theorist, got my tenfold hat on, I <laughs> think Mike Brave will force himself out because he wants that New England job. Yeah, I mean, I, I could definitely see it. And I think I, I ultimately agree with the decision to fire him because if you wait to try to trade him, trading a coach is not like trading a player. It right. takes time to work that stuff out. Look at Sean Payton. He, did, he didn't come in until almost right up to training camp. Right. And, you know, it, it's tricky. So, and if you do that, then you what you run the risk of not getting one of the better candidates out there. But I think that – so kind of going to the coaching carousel of the NFL, transitioning into this, uh, my first choice, obviously, you know, it, it's got to be an offensive-minded guy for me because here's the thing about the NFL, right? Good offensive coordinators don't stay anywhere for long. They get hired as head coaches. If you hire a defensive coordinator as a head coach and then hire an offensive coordinator to put pair with him, if the offensive coordinator's good, he's going to become a head coach. Mm-hmm. If you hire – an offensive coordinator to be your head coach and then hire a defensive coordinator to go with him, the chances of that pair sticking together are much higher than if you were to reverse that scenario. So with that being said, I got to tell you, I want Ben Johnson out of the law out of Detroit. Um, I think our, our position is probably one of the more favorable ones right up there with the chargers. Um, so I got to tell you, I, I love the way they play offense. I love the way they play, the way they do things. It's so creative utilizing tight ends and, you know, in the blocking schemes and the two running back set. You know, you watch the progression of the Detroit Lions run game throughout the season. Everybody was kicking and screaming. They weren't using Jameer Gibbs. They weren't using Jameer Gibbs. Well, I would wager that he just wasn't up to speed with the complexity of that runoff. I mean, it, it, it's tricky stuff, man. You got you got to be able to do it. And they have this. I would love to have this. You know, they have the smash and dash. I think you put that with. I think you've got a golden opportunity if you hire Ben Jones to be able to keep Derrick Henry. Yeah, um, I, I agree with that. I think everybody is on is in on uh, Ben Johnson in this offseason. I think every team yeah. really wants him. I think he's going to have his pick of, of jobs. <clears throat> I think the Chargers, if Jim Harbaugh wants it, I think the Chargers is going to take him. So I think, Bobby, yeah. I think, excuse me, Ben Johnson would look at the Titans and be like, "This is probably the Titans and the Falcons would probably be the two top picks." Um, however, I don't, I don't, I'm just basing it off the knowledge that I have. If if Frank Carthon goes with the guys he's comfortable with, 
And I know a lot of guys don't want to hear this. And I know, you, Asher, I know you've been scouring the internet, probably looking for candidates and seeing what we're going to do. But it's going uh, to be Bobby Slowick. I, I, that's who I think is going to be the guy. I mean, I don't know if that's going to be a good hire or not. I mean, he's a good offensive mind. I mean, he fits the mold we want, right? If it works, hey, great. He's only 36 years old. Um, keep him 15 years. Right. You could keep him forever if you really wanted to. Um, Bobby Slowick has done really good with a rookie quarterback in a bad organization with a rookie head coach. Uh, they don't really have a whole lot of weapons there in Houston that you – I can't even think of their wide receiver one right now. Um, Tank – what's his name? I can't – Tank Dell, Tank Dell, Nico Collins. Yeah, they don't have a lot of – they don't have a lot of guys, and they have really made it work there this year. And I think it's a credit to Bobby Slowick. I mean, he's coming that Shanahan tree uh, with D'Amico runs, uh, you know, the zone runs with uh, you making good decisions with the quarterback. Uh, I think I think Will Evans would fit good in that system because him and um, C.J. Stroud are kind of cut from the same mold, pretty mobile, pretty pretty sharp with the ball, pretty decisive. They'll take their chances. They're kind of the same guy if you think of it that way. So yep. I know we all got a bunch of candidates we want, but guys, if we're being honest, um, and I think we should be, it's either going to be a defensive guy because that's what we've always done with this franchise, and Terrible. or uh, if Rand Carthon goes with his roots, it's going to be Bobby Slowick, and that, that's just that's my gut feeling right now, and I'd be okay with that. I, I'd grade I that would like too. A B minus. I would. I would say. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with that. And now let's kind of transition from that. You know, it, it's got to be – we both agree that it's got to be an offensive guy. Tyler and I both kind of see that. And, you know, it's, we've got to change the mold, and I think Rand's trying to do that. Um, let's, go, let's go into the draft a little bit. We're just going to touch on what, it's, what realistically could happen, we think, at number seven where the Titans will be picking. Um, I think you got to go – got to go tackle. you got to go offensive line. I mean – the quarterbacks for the Titans were sacked, I think, 64 times. They they finished one shy of breaking the not just the Titans record, but the Oilers record, which is terrible, terrible, absolutely terrible. Um, Andre Dillard has got uh, again that I'm going to knock Ran for a little bit. I'm going to change his grade from an A down to probably a B from that because. With Andre Dillard, you give him a three year contract for a trial run, and he is a Abysmal, abysmal. Um, but yeah, it's seven. You got to go offensive line unless Marvin Harrison Jr. is there. You run, you run to the podium and take him. But if it's if it's anybody else, I want Oa Fashanu or I want Joe Alt. Those two. Look, I don't, I don't care. Um, I know everybody's really, really high on Marvin Harrison, but uh, and he's going to be a stud most likely. But if they don't come up there. With an offensive lineman in that first pick, I'm I'm going to fry it. I just I if you can't throw it to the guy, if you can't if you can't block them, you know, if they're getting if it's a turnstile on the left side of the line every time you snap it, <laughs> it doesn't matter who's out there on the outside running routes. They're going to be on the ground, and your quarterback's going to be hurt. So they better yep. draft a left ta- a cornerstone left tackle. Do your work. Make sure these guys are really who they're going to be. Let's not get another Isaiah Wilson situation or Dylan Raiden situation. Let's get a real dude. Mm. I mean, I wouldn't even mind them, you know, trade a little capital. If, if you really believe in Joe Alt or the other kid from Notre Dame. Um, oh, with Fashanu and Joe Alt. 
if you if you if you agree, if you really believe in those guys and you're scared they're going to be gone, you better move up and draft them. I mean, that's we got a little ca- extra capital, so I mean, I, if you thought somebody's about to take one and you're going to miss out on both, you've got to move up and get that left tackle, man, because it is such an issue ever since Taylor Warren went down. That's that's mm. where I'm at. I don't care who it is as long as they believe in him and he can block. That's the main thing. Um, yeah, I I'd agree with that. I the I, I think we differ a little bit on the Marvin Harrison Jr. thing. I think if you know if he's available at seven, I, I'm running to the podium. I'm taking him, or I'm yeah. finding a way, or I'm finding a way to trade. I'm taking Joe Walt, and I'm finding a way to trade to eight somehow and getting both of them. I'd I'd probably trade the whole. This is going to be sound really shitty, but I'd probably trade the entire rest of the draft class to get those two. You're trying to go the uh, the Joe Burrow with Jamar Chase route, huh? I at, want it so bad. If you look at that he, though, if you look at that though, Joe Burrow's out this year because his line couldn't block for him, you know. But he started off the season. Hurt. But he took him to a Super Bowl. That's true. He took him to the, you know, he that's got, true. And, and then they ran into Aaron Donald, and Aaron Donald did what Aaron Donald only Aaron Donald can do, and yeah. beat a triple team and forced an incompletion to win the Super Bowl. But that's a fair point. However, he has T. Higgins on the other side too. They have, We'd have they D. Hop and Marvin Harrison Jr. They have real, real guys. They got they had that. Pretty good tight end that year too. What was his name? Um, he went to the Jets. Oh, yeah, didn't do anything over he didn't there. Do anything well, nobody does the Jets. Um, yeah. Anyway, it might be worse. We could be the Jets. Yeah, that's true. My brother's a big Jets fan, so if you're listening to this, uh, yeah, Jets suck. Um, anywho, uh, not to dive too far into it. Asher would give up for Marvin Harrison. I'm not drafting anybody. I the first three picks of this draft, I would hope it be offensive line. That's how bad our offensive line is, in my opinion. I'm drafting a tackle, a guard, and a center. And uh, an Air Bird will be a good debt piece, okay? Send him to the fucking moon. You send – You send. here's what you do. You take Aaron Brewer, who is too small to be a guard, but he's big enough to be a center. So you cut Ben Jones and think just to – that's what pissed me so much off about Vrabel, dude. The, mm, God, now you get me fired up. We keep a whole fucking roster spot open for three tight ends. But we, for the love of God, we can't can't get an actual left guard yeah. until we draft draft PS. I mean, oh God, Jeff Swain should never have been on the roster. <laughs> I mean, you, Jeff Swain. you, and now it's Kevin Rader. He caught one pass all fucking year, man. <laughs> one pass, and you can't tell me his blocking was that good because our quarterback got sacked sixty-two times. Yeah, nobody on that offense. Nobody but Peter Skaronsky on that offensive <laughs> line is safe. Yeah, Nobody. maybe Brunskill. Maybe yeah, Brunskill. Brunskill had a pretty good year, but he he's he's got injury problems. He does. Um, but now let's talk about the free agency, though. Here, we, we have a lot more needs than offensive line. The thing that drives me the craziest about this team is, look, we know our offensive line is bad. All right? That's fine. It doesn't, we can't make the players any better than they are. But some of the things that pissed me off, I think I mentioned this probably 10 times during the season, our cornerbacks never turn their head around and locate the football. Never. Never. They get called for so many critical defensive holding or pass interference or illegal contacts to the point where it makes me want to go outside and play on I-4 traffic. Because it's it's like so many times when – the defense gets a stop. You turn around. Like I have to hold my breath on third down when there's an incompletion because I think that every time there's going to be a flag. 
So we need to address – we need a DB1. We need a fucking middle linebacker that's not Jack Gibbons who can go out there and actually take an angle and tackle. Jack Gibbons could be a good coach, but he's just – God God love him. He's just not athletic. Let's just be honest here. Well, I guess. He, he's like – he, well, he's a lunch pail guy, you know. He's he's a he's a lunch pail guy, you know. He's good. He's like Rudy, you know. Rudy was a great story, but Rudy was a terrible football. All the characteristics of the white guys. Uh, yeah, you know, a hard it. worker, first one in, last one out, stays till the lights turn off. <laughs> you know, really hard nosed, intellectual kind of player. Oh, Has some limitations. Can't hit an angle though. Can't hit an angle. <laughs> Cannot hit an angle. I don't know. Jack Gibbons should be uh, sent out to pasture this year. Uh, let's be yeah. honest. We need yeah, to draft him in a linebacker. Jack Gibbons went to a farm, kids. All right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, metaphorically and, and physically, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Considered. Now anyway. we got to talk about King Henry. We got we got to talk about Derek now. I don't see him coming back, Asher. I, I'm going to go ahead and preface this. This rant Asher's about to go on because he's going to talk about all the money we have and how we should keep Derrick Henry. We never re-sign our legendary players, and we want to see it. But uh, based off so well, what I know, how this franchise is, and how um, this guy who comes from the 49ers organization, I know they trade for Christian McCaffrey, but Christian McCaffrey is a different. He's more of a a dual player. They don't value backs like that. And I fail. And you remember Rand Carthon drafted Tajay Spears, so you know he really, really believes in him. Um Got no I, ACLs. I, I think we've seen I think we've seen the last of Derrick Henry and Two Tone Blue. That's as bad as I as bad as I hate to say it, I don't see any circumstance now that Mike Rabel's gone, Derrick Henry's back. And I know that's loom and gloom, and Asher hates to hear this, and I know the rest of the fan base does too. But I'm just being honest. If I had to, if I had to bet my life saving on this, I would say he's going to be playing for one of the other 31 teams this year. Oh, <laughs> this one's going to hurt like a motherfucker when he leaves, man. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, because I'm ta- it's the last jersey I have left of active players. Yeah, mine too. Exactly. I got a Jeffrey uh, Simmons yeah. Oilers coming in, though. So, God, if he's the only one who's safe at this point, maybe Skr- Skronsky, but or Stonehouse. I don't know. But, oh, this is going to hurt like a motherfucker, man, when he leaves. <laughs> and I think we all kind of know deep down. <laughs> we're all just holding on to a little ounce of hope, you know. It's just kind of like you know, I don't know. There's there's probably a million analogies you could face to this. It's but. like it's like a mutual breakup, man. Let me tell you, this is going to be just like a mutual breakup. I know about them. I just went through one, and let me tell you, they suck in the beginning. It gets better. You see that there's other things out there. In this case, Tajay Spears. In my case, you know, um. We draft another back this this draft, I bet. I bet we draft another back. Well, I don't know, because Hassan Haskins is out there beating the shit out of people. So, do we – I mean, would – I don't know. The thing is, look, you take away Derek, I don't think the run game is going to be as good. I just don't think it – I don't think Tajay Spears can tote the rock 20 times a game. I think we bring back Deontay Foreman. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. Oh, he doesn't even play. He hardly he, once he he had that twelve game span in Tennessee, and then he gets hurt. 
Stafford every year. That's Good true. for him. He got paid. That's he went true. to Carolina to be a right. third string, and then he went to Chicago to be a second string. Well, we're not I, asking I, look, him. We're asking him to be like the, the Montgomery uh, from with the uh, the Lions top. Role. But if we get Ben Johnson, then we keep Derek Henry. I hope you're right, but <laughs> let's be honest. Five straight 1,000-yard seasons and 12 you, rushing you touchdowns. I think he's willing to play running back by committee for real. You, he, I, I think he's going to go to Baltimore. If That's just my his gut knee, feeling. His knees are. His knees would 100% say, sure, oh, yeah, I'll take it 15 times a game. But, I, I look, look it, it, again, it's like the mutual breakup. You hold on hope for a little bit, then you come to the realization it's, probably, it's for the best, and then you just move on. That's what it's. This was going to take a lot longer because than my breakup. Because this was like this is a good seven years. years. Yeah, seven eight years with Derrick Henry. All right, and Derrick Henry has given me a lot of happy moments. He's one of the, I mean, the, the few not first round picks I I nailed going into the draft. I said we will draft Derrick Henry in the second round that year because my everybody knows all my fans are big Alabama fans. I'm a Tennessee fan. I was like, we're going to have to have a marriage here. Your guys come to the Nashville. I just felt it in my in my loins. And uh, Terry Henry was in coming. <laughs> the Titans, and he he had a very a best, maybe the best player in Tennessee Titans history so far. I think he is. I think, and he's a Hall of Famer. I swear to God, if he's not if he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer, then just go ahead and get rid of the running back position. Just call it. H back or whatever they used to call it. Win. If he doesn't make it in the, his first ballot, it depends. It depends on what he does the rest of his career, too. Of course, like if you look at like a guy like Russell Wilson played himself out of the Hall of Fame. You think um, Russell Wilson doesn't make the Hall of Fame? Uh, I mean, it, do you think he's a for sure Hall of Famer? Okay, I, I mean, I, I don't know if he's first Seattle, ballot. If he was in Seattle and played the way he was playing, yeah, but he has maybe played himself out of it. Anywho. That's, that's we can go on and on about that. I don't have to get on too big of a tangent, but um, yeah, Derrick Henry. Uh, you know, we we appreciate everything Derrick Henry's done for our fandom. Anywho, we we kind of want to just touch in a little bit about this season and how how we feel about it. Um, you know, I kind of we all kind of deep down expected this kind of season. We knew we weren't going to be very good. Uh, with J. Rob just absolutely. Uh, demolished this roster. Demolished, decimated, all kinds of analogies and not analogies, but words to describe it. Fire him again. <laughs> How what he did? Just the last few first round picks he made were awful. The free agency signings, he the players he let go to sign certain players. Just looking back on it, looked terrible, and he absolutely uh, destroyed this roster, and we kind of knew that's where it was going. And that's why I think a lot of us are still holding on to Mike Vrabel because we're not really giving Mike Vrabel the the uh, blame for the season in a lot of the way. Mm-hmm. I think that's why a lot of us are kind of mad about the firing because it's more of on John Robinson. However, looking into it, uh, if Rand Carthon does what he's hired to do, he is set up fantastic moving into next season. Two years from now, mm-hmm. we should absolutely 100% be competing for our division again, easily. With I think we can win it next year. Has, yeah, I do too. With the cap space we have, along with the draft capital we have, with the quarterback that we have, especially if we get an offensive mind in there, um, absolutely I see us competing again. 
So. I'd agree with that 100%. I mean, you got to go out there. The, the only problem with the cap space is you're not going to really be able to address offensive line because, as you know as well as I do, good teams don't let good offensive linemen uh, hit free agency. They the just draft. don't. You build through the draft, and you go from there. I think if Rand executes the vision of the head coach, whoever it is, to the point that they want to, and I think if you can – Beef up the offensive line. Get offense is pretty much taken care of, other than another wide receiver and maybe possibly a tight end. An offensive line, then you'll be okay. However, the defense is going to need so many more. I, I really think the defense needs to be addressed through the free agency, and offense needs to be addressed through the draft. I'd be okay with that, but I don't want to see a mix of both. You know. If you're going to commit to rebuilding one side of the ball, go all in on one side, on one or the other. You know, go. I wouldn't mind it if Tennessee ran to the podium and took seven offensive linemen. I'm fine with that. I wouldn't mind it one bit. You know, if they're all going to add to the team, I also wouldn't mind it if they went up there and took seven defensive backs. I would. I mean, you know, I mean, why? Because if you look at it. One or two of them are going to be pretty good. Right. You got two and seven chance there. Exactly. Um, um, I agree. I agree with that 100%. Um, I think if if we if we hire an offensive-minded head coach, let's let's give him the tools to succeed, right? Mm-hmm. You know, same thing with the defensive-minded head coach. Um, I, I'm just – I think we're all just fatigued uh, with that kind of mindset in Nashville. You know, we, we want some – we want some fireworks. We want something – if you look at all the successful teams other than Baltimore, and you could probably put San Francisco in there as well, but they're they just got great offensive lines. Um, mm-hmm. They're all very offensive-minded centric teams, and that's just how the league's moved. And we, I think, we're getting left behind with some of the hires we've made. I agree, but you know that that's gonna you know we want to see the that kind of we already talked about this transitional piece, but. We, we, what we want to see in 2024 is we want to see an attempt to change the mold, really, is what we're kind of saying in a lot of different words. We want to see them execute a vision that is not the same thing. Instead of trying to hammer it out and, and, re, and, you know, and fix the wheel, let's just throw the wheel away and get a new one. You know, because we haven't scored over 28 points in any game in the last three seasons. Bad we point. haven't we haven't played good defense at all. Third down defense were terrible. Red zone defense were all right. It's because they can't fucking throw the ball. That, that you're running out of real <laughs> estate down there, and our run defense has kept us in so many games. But it's it's to the point where it, we're just kind of in purgatory, and we're kind of like a worse version of the Steelers organization right now, where. We can win nine games, and it's really, really, really tough for us to win nine games and draft really, really bad. But nobody looking at the Steelers as actual contenders, you know? Like, they know that Mike, Tom- Mike Tomlin's got the flashy, sexy record. He's never had a losing season, but he also has only won one Super Bowl. Right. So, and that was a big, a young Big Ben. Their offense is atrocious. It's terrible. And our offense is atrocious. It's terrible. But – they are so well coached on defense that they can kind of overcome that and win nine games. We're not well coached on any side of the ball. So lean into one or the other, but don't try to half-ass two things, full-ass one. <laughs> yeah, you know? I agree. Um, 
seven hours ago, Music City Miracles posted that Titans are requesting to interview office coordinator Bobby Slowick. Um, I'm telling you right now, fellas, I have every every inch of me feels like that's going to be our guy, just, just based on everything we know. And I, just going into that, I feel like this guy's going to roll in and develop an offense and uh, really develop Will Levis. Remember, uh, Rank Arthon uh, drafted Will Levis. And I've seen some people talking about drafting a quarterback. That makes no sense. That's to me. not. That will not happen. I think this class is going to be like the Kenny Pickett class. I don't think it's going to be very good. I just don't. I think Caleb Williams is overrated. I yep. think Drake May is overrated. Drake May is terrible. I, there's. I just think this class isn't. I could. I could eat my words, but just. Just based off, they're all like 35 years older than <sighs> uh, Caleb Williams. You remember they're playing 18 year olds. There's like six year seniors. So. Anywho, I, I just don't – I don't see it. Um, I think Bobby Slokes is going to be our guy, and I think Will Evans is going to be our guy for the next two years. And I think uh, Rank Carthon is going to build us a good organization again, a good roster, and uh, we're going to be competitive. We're going to be singing better tunes here in the next two years. I really – I feel that, and we'll we'll see. You know, only time to tell. Let's go bring A.J. Brown home. That's the whole – that's that's the catalyst that started all of this. Yeah. That was that was the downfall of John. That was that was the actually the Isaiah Wilson draft pick was the was the downfall to start. Yeah, uh, because he was supposed to replace Taylor Lewan, and uh, mm. just didn't work out. And uh, and uh, Dylan Raidens, we drafted a second round pick with him, and that mm. coach staff for whatever reason hates him. And then you get God, they your, hate him. You get rid of your best playmaker. On top of that. And it's just for uh, nothing for Traylon Burks, for Traylon Burks. Who, who nobody can't, puts who can't up the field. Nobody puts up a better zero zero reception, zero yards, zero target, zero yards of separation stat line like Traylon Burks. Nobody <laughs> does it better. You pair all history. that with with what we've talked about, and uh, you paid a thirty uh, four year old quarterback who is top twenty at best for the better part of his career. Dollars. Forty million dollars, and here we are. We're six and eleven. Uh, yep. So, like a recipe for unsuccess, if you will. So, yeah. Um, that I think that kind of sums up what what my thoughts on the Titans season this year. Uh, I could go on and on. We're running out of time here. Uh, Ash, you got any more thoughts to add to it before we go? No. Give Give me a couple of New Year's resolutions. What are you What are you trying to do in twenty twenty four, Tyler? Um, well, um, two years of resolution. I really don't do the resolutions, uh, but I, I, I plan on finishing my degree in March. So that's, that's something I'm going to have done this year. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Well, what, what, what do you got, Asher? What, I know you got some resolutions uh, on. Uh, so I'm doing dry January, um, which I know is not a big thing for you because you don't touch it. Right. But, but I'm doing that. I'm going to lose 20 pounds. And I am becoming more socially active. I am, you know, I'm, I'm 27. I'm in the prime of my life. I'm going to go out there, have some fun, see who's out there, and, you know, just kind of kind of roll with the punches. Um, I do that. Now I've started weight training a little bit and, um, you know, that oh, kind of stuff. I want to – Swole Patrol, baby. Um yeah, yeah, I got a couple of them. Um, I've got, I, I think, and then, but my big one, my big one for twenty twenty four is actually, and this might come, you know, this is this might come as a surprise. Uh, 
I want to start, develop, and write at least 50% of a children's book. Oh, yeah. I think you've got the... I think you could do that. You you've got the personality and the and the wit about you to do it. I think so too. See, the thing I, I'm not above buying myself into becoming a bestseller either. So I, I think I could do it. I've actually done. I mean, we're getting way off into this, guys. But I've actually done that. I wrote one for my kids. It's just like a family heirloom. I've done that before. It's, it's called "Who Who Will You Be, Sweet Baby." It's it's a children's book I wrote. So. That's something I really, really like doing too. So I think you could do it. Oh yeah! I'm now I'm even more motivated. Now I got to do it. But um, yeah, so that's kind of kind of my plans for 2024, and and who knows where it's going to take me. I, but I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, morale is high, vibes are high, and uh, yeah, I'm ready. And I think Tennessee is going to be significantly better. Yeah, and I'll I'll do seriousness. It's it's hard to get much worse than they were this season, right? Yeah, and like you said, the vibes are high. I, I expect a, I expect a really, a lot more competitive team come come August September. I agree too, and just not as many dumb mistakes. You know, and, there there's some mistakes that just are going to happen. Like they're going to be holding calls, but the false starts at home are what drive me crazy too. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely, we got to get this team rolling before the new stadium gets gets there. And you know, it'd be nice to to host the Super Bowl playing in it one day. You know, because that's what we're gonna oh, do. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna that's host right. the Super Bowl in Nashville for two months. So. Oh yeah, tighten up, tighten up, people. Hey there, sports history fan. This is Arnie Chapman, aka the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Hello, football friends. This is Darren Hayes of the Pigskin Dispatch Podcast, and I'd like to invite you to the portal of positive football history, Pigskin Dispatch and PigskinDispatch.com. We talk about everything that centers around the game of American football, expert discussions, the origins of the games, the great players, teams, and coaches, and more, and some great guests and insights from experts. We have new episodes three to four times a week, and you can find us on SportsHistoryNetwork.com, PigskinDispatch.com, or your favorite podcast provider. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.